listeners, and here we are at the beautiful Davos. We're sitting outside. Um, the sun is setting. I'm here with the amazing Shelly Zardes, who's CEO of the Female Quotient, who are my hosts here. And um, I'm a huge fan of Shelly's and the work she does. And I can't tell you how busy this woman is. So grabbing like even five <laughs> minutes with her and her busy schedule is just extraordinary. Shelly, how are you? And thank you for being here. This is my greatest pleasure. And I would stop anything to spend time with you and especially inspiring this next generation which I call the now generation of all of us activists and when I say activists it's not an old school activist word it's just women of action women that are willing to take the next steps towards moving forward so my greatest pleasure to be here oh thank you um so how where did you grow up you know tell, tell us a little bit about your your kind of background you know, and how you got started on on, on your journey wow you know my journey is continuous I never know what tomorrow is until I get there and then when I'm there I know if I feel it it's the right decision I am I grew up in Los Angeles I'm one of four girls oh wow and you know people always ask my parents how did they raise daughters that are all such good friends you know oh and how amazing I don't have a sister so I'm going to have a friend there's nothing I've made like a sister yeah. and by the way you don't have to be blood to be sisters oh, you good. can have sisters of choice good. I so now we're sisters oh. so now you do have a sister <laughs> fantastic I've just been adopted by Shelly I'm so happy <laughs> but that's really what this is all about it yeah. is about the sisterhood and women supporting yeah. other women because oftentimes we've been so competitive for, for why for what reason there is nothing more powerful than having great girlfriends they really I truly love each other and yeah. you know listen we can have our issues and our challenges but most importantly it's about being real yes. right right and I can't remember who oh the other day you know when you have something stuck in your tooth a girlfriend's gonna say you got something stuck yes. in your tooth yes right? they are they or, right. I mean, really they are always gets hitched up or something or you're, you're right yeah. it's like pull it down it's like, or today so a woman was on a panel and like she didn't realize because she was on a high chair that her oh yes she was wearing a little skirt Yes. So in the middle, I just like kind of gave her the motion. Close, just close your legs. She got the message. All I needed was go like this. She knew exactly what to do. That's a girlfriend. Isn't That's it? a no, sister. Isn't it? I, I just love that. And, yeah. you know, my mother, when she's asked, how did you raise four girls that are all best friends and don't compete with one another? It's experiences. It's shared experiences. You know, we all have very similar values. My sister's not. Yeah. But we are different. We have different personalities and our differences truly are our greatest strength and and it just really works and my mother and father always taught us that it's about confidence it's believing in yourself if you don't believe in yourself first no one else will believe you yes and and, and, and what words of wisdom and I have to ask where were you in the in the four girls number two you were number two my older sister is 14 months older than I am oh wow her name is Lynn and she's amazing and we used to we should shared a room and we used to share boyfriends not at the same time but <laughs> like not at the same time to be clear let's get this right I just we shared our clothes even though you know I liked the bling and she liked the basics and um, you know if she, she was very intel, very book smart and I was street smart and so if she liked a guy but he wasn't really you know her type she'd pass him to me and I would so I said no he's more for you she says more for me and then my baby sister Rachel who is still single I'm 58 she must I think she's, she just turned 51 they just um, they interviewed us in a magazine
magazine and they called us the Power Sisters. Oh, wow. And they said, you know, we were so similar yet so different. And they told a story of how she's very single and I'm very married 32 years. Oh, my goodness. Congratulations. Wow. And I wear couture and she wears trend. And I wear my skirts below my knee and she wears them above her knee. I go to sleep by 11 p.m. and she's doing a wardrobe change oh at 11 p.m. Wow. I mean, it was like the compare yeah. and contrast, yeah. right? And then there's my sister, Shireen, who is just good to the bone, you know, the purpose-driven, you know, one of us all. And it really, to me, is is what I've always been about, you know, having sisters or a sisterhood. And, and all of us right now here in Davos at the World Economic Forum, we brought 50 power women. We have 28 villas and it's one giant slumber party. Oh, lovely. It's, <laughs> it's a giant great. slumber party. Now you Fantastic. walk on the main street here and you see all these women. Where where they come from? We brought them. And, and I wanted to ask you about that because, I mean, before you came, I mean, the, the female representation here was woeful. I mean, it's still not great. Woeful. And I think you've brought most of them. So tell us a little bit about, about kind of, you know, you know your, your journey to this amazing organization that, that you, you, you've created. Well, to talk about the World Economic Forum, and then we'll go backwards. Yeah. Um, when we came, this is our fifth year, uh, there was only 18% women. So 18, just, 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 just one eight, <laughs> one eight exclamation <laughs> point. Wow. And now I say, I think the number is 20 or 21%. That's incredible. And I'm sure that's down to you. Yeah. And it was interesting because when we were invited here, we said, we want you to come to the World Economic Forum, but you might not be welcome. Wow. And I'm like, okay, we're coming. Count us in. <laughs> yeah, bring it on. <laughs> it was scary, yes. you know, and I always say when you're nervous or scared, what do you do? You bring your sisters. And so I called four girlfriends of mine. I said, we were invited to the World Economic Forum. I don't want to go by myself. A, it'll be boring. Two, we, I might not feel comfortable. But if you come with me, we'll have the best time. And that's what we did. And five years later, we are the destination for equality at the World Economic Forum. And um, there was a tweet today and I, I, I loved it. It said, you know you've arrived when the only place in Davos that has lines around the corner to get in. Yes, and, and at, they really are, guys. Is that the equality yeah. lounge? Yeah. yeah. That's how change happens. Yeah, it's know? amazing. And and there is a very good smattering of men here. So, we, so we, we, we really we're at least 40% that. men. Yeah. But the best part is women run the show here. Yes. Women own the microphone here. Yes. Right? <laughs> and all the men feel welcome. Yes. It absolutely. is just a safe, secure place where everyone, we call it the equality lounge, the place where we all belong. Everyone feels and knows they belong here. Yeah, and, and I have to say, I mean, you really do bring that and to all the lounges that I've ever been to oh, have been absolutely you. amazing and, you know, the kind of locations that you, you do these events it, at. It, or, it, or, it, does, or, it doesn't suck. No, I mean, not, not at all. I mean, it's not bad, but, but, but you know, they, these are all events where, where female representation is really needed and, 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 and the kind of women's you know, and girls' voices really need to be heard. Yeah, but you know what? We're here with... Um, we don't need permission and we're not no apology yes. you know you just you want to flip the balance flip it and if you wait and watch it's not going to happen you got to make it happen so what do you do you bring 50 women those 50 women invite another 50 women who invite another 50 yeah. women it's power of the pack yeah we, we say a woman alone has power collectively we have impact we're impacting change yes you walk
walk on this street where you see all men with navy suits and either red, red yellow, or blue ties, yes. and then all of a sudden, you see the chick team. It's like, <laughs> and you see the men's heads turn, like, where the hell did all you women come from? Yeah. And it's just, it makes you smile. It's yeah. just a really proud moment because... Yes. No one gave us permission. Yes. No one made we made it happen. You want change you want to flip the script and flip the balance? Flip it. Now tell me, have you always had this? Is this is is, is this like I need to flip the switch? You know, my background in business is market research. Yes. And I was the only female CEO on the top 25 my entire career. Wow. My entire career. Could you just repeat that for us? I was the only female CEO on the top 25 my entire career. Good God. Exactly. And I always knew that I thought differently than my peers. And I was, I always thought, I didn't feel, I always thought, because your head rationalizes, that I was supposed to be just like them. And then one day I woke up and I'm like, but why? Why should I conform to the rules that make no sense? Why should I conform to leadership style that doesn't feel authentic to me? Right? You, you can fake it once, but you can't fake it consistently. It just, I, I want food in every meeting and, and flowers. And I'm going to give someone a hug and I'm going to say hello to everyone in the morning. And I'm going to lead with passion and empathy and uh, a collaborative spirit. Why do I have to be like them? And by the way, I hate golf. <laughs> Duh. Like I, that's like I just do. I mean, give me a glass of California cab, you know, and let's and we could go get our nails done and, and do more business than in a yucky conference, you yes. know, and shake a hand and give someone a card and, and do a deal. Yes. I create relationships. Yes. I want to know who you are. Yes. And, you know, and then, by the way, we can do business together. People do business not with institutions and the names of corporations. We do business with people. And with our hearts. Yes. And with our hearts. Yes. That's forever. You do business with people you like yes. and trust because you're going to spend a lot of time with them. That's for sure. That's good business. That is. That, that is a top tip. Write that down, everyone. I, that, that is a real golden nugget. It's so true. Absolutely. So there you were doing doing market research. So I was um, doing market research and I was 24, 25 years old and I thought I was perfect. I thought I was the perfect employee in this research company called ASI and I went for my review and I walked in with confidence and you know power and like I am a badass you know employee of this company making $20,000 a year and I sat down and my boss a man gave me my review and it was an eight page typed we only had typewriters on 58 so we did not have the internet and all this kind of stuff it was a type you know with typewriter eight pages eight pages sit down with a smile thinking I'm going to get a promotion and a raise and the first three lines of the review were all generically nice like I'm I'm a nice person and the seven and a half pages from there ripped me to shreds wow I really thought I came in early, I stayed late, I offered everyone to help them and all that. And I'm like, what could I have done so wrong? Well, what was wrong? I pushed people too hard. I I spent too much time with clients having lunch. Now, I came from a background, I didn't need the company to buy me lunch. Right. Really. Right. But that's how you know someone. Right. You, you can't know someone as an organization.
order taken through a telephone. No. You need to spend time with them. Anyways, I was ripped to shreds. I made people work too fast, push people too hard. I said yes to clients that came up with too many new ideas. I didn't get permission to bring in the innovation. And I remember thinking two things. One, say, oh, I'm so sorry, and apologize. Oh, God. And then go back to my desk and just answer the phones and and be an order taker. Yes. Or do what I did, which was look at him and say, Bill, one day you're going to regret this decision because you are so wrong. Oh, wow. That takes such courage. Awesome. It was really courageous. And as a result, he put this woman above me and said, and I said, why? I'm so good at what I do. He says, because this is a research company. She's a researcher. Now, Interesting. So disruption and innovation wasn't really on the agenda. At all. Yeah. Then I stayed. <laughs> I still kept developing relationships. Yes, and I was going to do it my way with or without permission. Yes. That's just what it was. And then I had this crazy idea. I must have been 27, 28. In about 19, how old was I? 1997. I was born in 62. Okay, 25. I was about 26, 27, 28 years old. I think, I don't know. You guys can all do yeah. that. <laughs> and I had this crazy idea to migrate research from offline to online. Yeah. So we used to do mall intercept and telephone. Yep. And the internet was just starting. And so I went to my boss, all the men, and I said to them, I had this crazy idea to migrate research from offline to online. What do you think? And they said, it's not the right time. No. The internet wasn't representative in market research. You oh need representative my population. goodness. And lo and behold, two weeks later, I was on a panel with the head of research for Procter & Gamble. Yes. The largest advertiser in the world. Yeah. Marketer in the world. And I'm on the panel with this guy named Larry Mock, and my bosses are all in the front row, and I'm whispering over with Larry. I come off the stage, and my boss is like, what did you talk to him about? Because he was God. And I said, I just asked him, when is the right time to come in and talk to you about online research? And he said, next week. And so my bosses are like, great. Paul will go, Joe will go, Ringo will go, and Star will go. And I'm like, well, what about Shelly? Yes. And they said, well, you know, it's really a boys club. We think that's the right group to go. And I said, well, then I'll cancel the meeting, and you can all wait for the right time. Bang. <laughs> wow. That was that. And then that shortly thereafter. Such confidence and courage to do that. That's but I amazing. did have a choice. The yeah. truth is, no one gave me the nut. I didn't have a choice. It was just... I always say it's it's not a rational thing because rationally you would say, don't do that. You're not supposed to. And you can justify doing something or not. When you follow your heart, and I talk a lot about heartbeat moments. Yes. When you follow your heart, ba-boom, ba-boom, ba-boom. You got to follow your heart. Yes. And you don't have an option. Right or wrong. You don't. I've been in that situation and you're a bit like up against what you have to do, right? And then I started realizing what follow your heart means. That's what it means. And women, we follow our heart. Or you think about female intuition. Yes. Think about all these phrases we use all the time. Yes. But until you experience that moment, you don't really get what it is. Right. Female intuition. We have this intuition because our heart tells us. Cognitive intuition. Cognitive intuition is heartbeats. And so I've had 
so many heartbeat moments and it doesn't matter whether they're right or wrong I always follow them <laughs> that's and admirable you can talk yourself in or out of something but when you follow your heart you will end up being purpose and passion driven yes and I say when purpose meets passion you're unstoppable and it's true and I've been unstoppable because and I've made plenty of mistakes along the way but my mistakes have been my greatest assets you know people I always ask people what's your favorite failure you know because I all, love that question and I mean so many of people just, struggle to answer that because they don't want you know they don't want to think about it but of course our failures are oh and especially when we share them like why do I want you to make the same mistakes make new ones yeah I don't like dumb mistakes you know I always tell my team typos and you know are unacceptable but smart mistakes means you're trying something new absolutely if you don't try something new you're going to keep if you are too afraid of failing you're not going to take chances and if you don't take chances you're not going to push the envelope and if you don't push the envelope you're not going to innovate and if you don't innovate you're not going to get to the next step so that's what you did when you founded Female Quotient you know I so I founded the Female Quotient well I first started a research company yes. called OTX yes which became the fastest growing online research company in the world of course it did uh, why I, am I not surprised and then and it was a wow factor like it was just full of sizzle like everything was exciting and delighting because it was new and it was scary and it was bold and no one believed I was right until I was and then you know of course now online research is the new norm I sold that company to a French company so I had 250 employees I was doing about 60 million in profitable revenue at that time Wow! I had six offices I sold to a company publicly traded doing 2.6 billion dollars in revenue 16,000 employees operating in 83 countries wow and uh, I was you know one of two women on the board at the beginning when I started now there's more um, and I ran global innovation yeah. for you know the company and it was it, it was good but it wasn't where my heart was yeah. and then by accident I started the girls lounge we started as the girls lounge I wanted to go to CES yes. tech show 150,000 people less than 3% women and less than 3% women did everyone get that yeah. Yeah. And so it was that moment, and that was eight years ago. I was still at Ipsos. Wow. I uh, called my girlfriends, and I said, let's go walk the floor, and if you know other women, invite them. And 24 hours later, 50 women showed up, and we walked the floor that's together. Amazing. Every guy's head turned. You know, that's it was a power of the pack moment. Yes. And it was a confidence moment. I was surrounded by people just like me that had the same challenges, the same, you know, imposter syndrome, work-life balance issues, perfection issues. And we talked about all these things, caregiving issues. Yes. And it was just magical. And I was like, this, I'm home. I found my peer group. I don't have to pretend to be someone I'm not. We can all own this, right? And push forward with positivity, but also with the feminine values. And, and you know, celebrate our differences as our greatest strengths. And it was just amazing. And that's when the girls' lounge was born. The opposite of boy is girl. The opposite of club is lounge. If there's a boys club, there could be a girls lounge. Yes. By day two, there was a hundred women. By day three, you know, a couple hundred women. Wow, she, she doesn't mess around this woman. 
Go big or go home. Go big or go home. Yes. And, you know, it really creates this community of sisterhood. It really yeah. is a sisterhood. And even at the time, especially women in finance, because when I was coming to Davos, yes. you know, which was a couple years later, women are like, well, we're not girls. You know, women in finance, we're not girls. I said, have you ever heard a man object to the boys' club? Never. Have you ever heard of a man say, I'm not a boy? They want to be a boy. Right. I mean, that's like, a little trouble. Yes. And that's how I got my nickname, Chief Troublemaker. Which I love. You know, I break all the rules and create new ones. You know, because the corporate rules make no sense. So they don't make sense. Don't do it. Let's create some new ones. Let's replace with ones that actually will allow us all to bring our best selves to the table. And when you think about our greatest challenge in the workplace as women, we do have a lot of different biases. It's not, we're women. It's not a gender issue. There's a lot of layers of gender. Of course. From maternity bias, pregnancy bias, affirmation bias. I mean, bias, 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 bias. But most importantly, it's a caregiving issue. When you look at where we fall off into leadership, it's in middle management, which I call the messy middle. Yes. And it's that time in life where you gain more responsibility at work and more responsibility at home. That's when you struggle with work-life balance issues. That's when you struggle with uh, the imposter syndrome, all kinds of yes. things that say, well, and often I can't do it all. Financially as well, struggle because, across because the maternity board. leave and, you know, like, like at what, you know, if you have two kids or whatever, you know, at what point is it worth you actually working if your partner works or whatever? Exactly. And so caregiving because is still... Childcare is so expensive. Expensive. So, child, so caregiving is still predominantly a female issue. Yeah. Leadership by default is still predominantly a male issue, which is why we say gender equality is not a female issue or a male issue it's a leadership issue it's a social and economic issue and leaders have the power to activate change you just have to start somewhere start anywhere just do something and take a step forwards big or little or even zig or zag it doesn't matter just don't accept status quo because as we know and World Economic Forum just published the results it will take over 257 years to realize economic gender parity which is I mean it's, it's just shocking and girls and we have to do something about this now we can't and wait 247 years I'm not going to wait more than five it's right. like ridiculous you know right. you either do something or you don't and so when you think about it there is positive and there is hope so don't get don't get disappointed because I'm going to tell you simple solutions and it is not our responsibility we did not create this problem it is a leadership issue when you think about parity which is the wage gap easy to close you first have to be conscious when people talk about unconscious bias implicit bias baloney yeah. if you use the word unconscious you're conscious <laughs> so, yes I love that so, it's so true so well. true like I just yes. said it it's, yes and so if you really Realize there's a gap. You just need to find the tools to close them. Yes. Find money from another program and reallocate. Close. Yes. When you think about policies, childcare, as you said, well, shared responsibility at home. Right. Partnership. Yes, real true partnership. True partnership. And all you Gen Z millennials are growing up with equality in your DNA. Yes. You both want to work. Yes. Whatever your partner is, if you have children. Yes. It starts at home. Yes. And so, you know, when you look at the Nordic countries, they have universal child care. That helps. But if not, figure out a relationship before you have children that you're going to, if you both want to work, that you have to share the load, Yes, as Proctor says. And then, you know, look at mobility issues, you know, transportation, flex schedules, parental leave, not just maternity leave. Yes, paternity leave as well. Yes. Well, elected paternity leave, only 
percent of men take full paternity leave Which because is they feel yeah. that it shows a sense of weakness. I have to tell all of you men listening, the greatest attributes of leadership today are caregiving parenting skills, empathy, yes. passion, so leadership, yes. collaboration, vision, vision. And yet we're the soft powers, and yet we're losing our best leaders to caregiving. Yeah, I mean, so, it, 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 it's shocking, isn't it? And, and I, I'm a great fan of, of um, uh, a book called The Athena Doctrine, which love, I'm sure you've read. I mean, so, so note to, to everyone out there, John read that Gersima. book. Yeah, it's an absolutely amazing, amazing book. And you don't have to be a female to have female um, attributes or, 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 or leadership techniques at all. Well, yeah. you know, we sell T-shirts here and the money goes to educated girls around the world. But it says the future is feminine. Yes. It is not a male female. It's a masculine feminine. And what the Athena Doctrine talks about is the masculine is assertive, aggressive, decisive, linear, analytic, the feminine, nurturing, empathetic, collaborative, visual, um, passionate. Those are the soft powers. And historically, and 80s, Deloitte just did a big study that says 82% of people think we need to redefine leadership, which is true. Yes, I, I, I'm definitely part of that 82%. Of course you are. Because soft powers are truly the best strengths of leaders today. Of course. Able to listen, to take in all opinions, you know, and that's where diversity comes in. It's not just about having color. It's not just about gender, race, age, religion, um, intersectionality at the table. It's about having a diverse group of thinking. Absolutely. That's absolutely that's combustible, powerful energy. Absolutely. Now I'm very aware I need to get you onto a panel. Oh, <laughs> Any minute now. I'd love to I get know. everyone that's listening to thoughts. So what's the what's the one the one thing you would like all of our all of our, 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 our women and girls who are listening to this to actually do? If there's one action that they need to take to start somewhere, what, what would that action be? Be you. Just be you and, and know that that's awesome. Oscar Wilde says, be yourself because everyone else is taken. We need everyone at the table. I love that. Shelley, bless you. Thank you so much for being such an inspiration and just such a, 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 an awesome sister in all of this. Thank you for all you're doing, but for all of us, bless you. And um, that's it. And good night from Davos. Thank you so much. Bye. Bless you.